Hello and welcome to Witness to Hope, our, our podcast for the week of Christ the King. Yeah, it's an exciting one this week. Um, for those of you who haven't had a chance to do the readings, there's some really great ones this week that I'd like to flag for you. Uh, the first reading basically just talks about the uh, anointing of David as the king of Israel, which is kind of a nice one. The reading from the letter of Paul to the Colossians is really beautiful. Um, talks about us getting freedom and forgiveness for our sins, that Christ was the firstborn of all creation and the firstborn of the dead. And then we end in the Gospel of Luke, and this seems like an unlikely reading for a book about the kingship of Christ, or uh, uh, the chosen reading for the kingship of Christ, because it actually talks about the crucifixion. But it's that uh, that beautiful reading where we we have the two thieves, and one of the thieves is taunting him, and the second thief sort of says, why are you making fun of him? We're up here for the same thing, except he's innocent. And then he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Uh, and Christ promises him that even that day they'll be together in the kingdom. Uh, so in the end, the kingship of the kingship of Christ is evident even in that moment in the crucifixion. It, it's actually quite interesting that the way you said it's it's an interesting reading for mm. the kingship of Christ. I actually think um, it's it's very telling, I mm. guess, because it's the end of his time on earth, it's time for him to go mm-hmm. and be the king in his kingdom, the king of kings. Mm. And, you know, so... It does reflect on earlier when he's with Pilate and says sort of like his kingdom is not of this world and, and mm-hmm. things of, like, of that nature. Um, but yeah, usually when you think of Christ the king, like, you know, we think of this big, magnificent, resurrected Christ who's victorious. And likely those will be the hymns that we'll hear, will be ones about the kingship of Christ and his heavenly victory. But this is that vulnerable moment of, you know, right before he says, you know, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So to have this powerful moment where his connection with this thief is so strong, um, when you relate it back to the reading from the Colossians, which is about the forgiveness of sins, I mean, this is Christ doing exactly what Paul's talking about, what what Paul says Christ does Mm -hmm. um, for a thief, for someone who admits his sins. And I mean, I guess that's part of it is he actually admits his sin in that moment. Well, and I guess that's kind of the direction I wanted to go, believe it or not, Um, where it's uh <laughs> it's important as we celebrate the solemnity of mm-hmm. Christ the King and we're tiptoeing towards advent that it's important to reconcile with God mm. because yes there's we are being covered in Christmas already and it's you know only mid-november thanksgiving was over every store had christmas stuff and even even in the states the christmas season i'm using air quotes i know you can't you can't see see them them, but they're there it's real um the christmas season starts this week for them and it's such a an interesting thing to to really discuss from uh i guess a a faith point of view or a christian Mm. point of view if we want to put it directly on ourselves um uh, it's i like to take the next month month and a bit Mm. to really prayerfully get ready for the birth of christ Mm. you know it's the birth of our faith 
really. And, you know, and we, we celebrate that day, absolutely. But in the secular world where we're, where we're living six and a half days out of the week, mm. um, we, we are, I guess, you know, we're surrounded by Santa Claus and Rudolph and, you know... The, just the commercialism the, yeah, of, yeah. of Christmas. And, and I guess if, if we are to properly um, prepare ourselves, we should be willing to not just, you know, get excited at the first snow or... Uh, you know that we we've got everything on our list. We've checked it twice. All <laughs> this all this nonsense. It's time to reconcile our our relationship with mm. God, with with ourselves too. We with have to be other. we have to be true to our faith. We can't just say we're Christians. We have to be able to say, "I live this life." Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that's that's an interesting thing because I know we're starting to see it's starting to come. Lots of people love Christmas, and I do not fault them. It is a beautiful, joyful time of year, and I love to see the joy of of the the Prince of Peace sort of transferring even across you know cultural mediums and into a sort of into the secular society. But there's a part of me that you know when we talk about Christmas preparations uh, in this culture, in our current culture in Canada, what people are talking about is. Have you done your cookie exchange? No criticism to the family with whom I'm doing a cookie exchange because, yum. Um, you know, we're putting up our Christmas tree and hanging it with our Disney ornaments. And again, raising my hand there. Uh, you know, the, the preparations that we're doing are about, uh, you know, a secular holiday. They're not actually the preparations that we, you know, like you should be doing that stuff anyway. But it, it's less about sort of preparing your heart, you know, like, you have to see your heart as a cradle for Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So you should be sweeping that out. You should be cleaning that up. Like when we have a baby, we, you know, as any parent would know, you sort of go through this nesting phase where you sort of do everything you can. You know, you clean out the baby's room, you put the crib together, you scrub down all the equipment if you've had other kids, you know. Um, why aren't we doing that for Christ? If I'm the cradle, shouldn't I be doing the same thing with myself? It, short answer, yes. <laughs> Good. Uh, the, I think, though, it's it's interesting because it's, it's not that we don't prepare for Christmas. It's that because we live in, in a world that is, you know, we celebrate Christmas, mm. but we, in a sense, especially in the first world, we celebrate two different types of Christmases. Mm-hmm. We celebrate the birth of Christ and we celebrate that Santa came. And, you know, those of us with, with young children, you know, to see the joy on their face for that present that they've been asking for all year, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I enjoy that. It's, it's a real gift and it makes my heart feel good to see joy in my children. But to... To be true to this relationship, like you said, we kind of have to prepare our, our hearts better than we prepare our homes. And like, there's nothing against joy, like with the cookie exchange or putting up the, the special ornaments. 
but it's it needs to be just a more refined mm-hmm. joy. Well, and I've seen a movement amongst some of our friends to sort of recapture Advent. Um, It's an interesting thing because as Catholics, we have Lent, which is 40 days, right, Um, leading up to Easter. Uh, We spend a lot of time, we talk about prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and then there's the, you know, that's the time of year a lot of people make a point of going to reconciliation um, uh, or confession, however you want to call it. Um, but we don't really do that with Advent. With Advent, it's it's a little bit more like, uh, you know, the whole season feels celebratory, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like there's a lack of care being taken, um, and this is an accusation on my own heart as well, to actually wait to feel the anticipation of the season, of letting Advent be Advent and letting Christmas be Christmas, but then using Advent, not just as the time I'm waiting before I can put up my Christmas tree um, and have it be a time when I'm anticipating Christ, anticipating the second coming of Christ, um, and preparing my heart, going to confession, taking my kids to confession, uh, going to Eucharistic adoration, praying more as a family. This is one of those two times of years, you know, of the year that our church gives us the opportunity to sort of examine our lives and say, am I ready for Christ? Am I ready for the King? It, it's, I guess the, the way that I looked at it, because we kind of talked about this earlier today, uh, it's easy for us to prepare for the birth of Christ because it's something we all have witnessed or we know it, we know it exists. We can physically mm-hmm. see it. It's a normal miracle that it's, we see all the time. And, you know, having witnessed it, six times it's it's beautiful and i think you know it's it's incredible um so i think to anticipate the last month of that pregnancy is kind of like you know waiting for that phone call that you know Mm. my water broke it's time to go where in lent it just seems like we're in mourning already because we know that that Christ is going to die, but we can't wrap our heads around the miracle of the resurrection. We accept it because that's what we've been taught. Our faith is telling us that Christ has risen from the dead, but none of us have really seen it physically. Mm. You know, we, we feel it in the Eucharist. We feel it in our hearts at mass, wherever, but you know, it's easier to wrap our mind around the celebration of Christmas and that preparation time where you can almost close your eyes and imagine St. Joseph and Our Lady on their pilgrimage mm-hmm. to the Nativity, to, to just being ready. You know, what that trip, that journey must have been like. Mm. I mean... I don't even like to walk through Walmart when I'm pregnant. Sorry, that was a little levity there. It, just to to be in their shoes, to be, you know, the fear, but the understanding in their hearts, the, mm. the joy. The trust. The absolute trust. Mm. And I wish, I wish I could say that I, I had trust like that, but it's one of my major uh, faults, I guess, is that I don't trust the Lord enough. But yet I look at these simple 
simple people, mm. ordinary people that were willing to celebrate the advent of their lives changing. Mm-hmm. That they together, just the two of them, you know, she, she was pregnant before they got married. And they were able to trust two ordinary people were able to become extraordinary. Mm. And to me, that that preparation time is actually, it's easier for me to wrap my head around. Mm. And especially, you know, celebrating Christ the King, it's, I think it's fitting that we celebrate, you know, we, we celebrate that this weekend where when we think of a king, we think of someone everyone respects. Mm-hmm. But then next week we're going to be talking about a baby. Like mm-hmm. the preparation, the like eight months, two weeks. Yeah. Or, yeah, eight you months, know, no, two no. weeks. Yeah, pregnant. the references that she was, she had, the baby was born early. Um, do you mind if I jump in? Go ahead. No, I, it's an interesting thing. It's like a, the juxtaposition, it feels like we're reading the last chapter before we read the book. You know, it's like, I, I don't know if you ever did this when you were a kid. Sometimes when there was a really long book, I'd read the last couple of pages to see how the book would turn out, just to see if I thought it was worth going for. And in a way, the church has started doing that for us. It's like, this is, to be fair though, this is the last day of the liturgical year. So it makes a ton of sense for the liturgy of the church to end on this high note. But we don't, um, we don't, any of us, except for maybe our, our beloved clergy, don't live in the liturgical year in quite that, to quite that extent. We, you know, our, when we go to church on Sunday, our priest is going to say Happy New Year. <laughs> you know, like, or he'll say, you know, because this is this is New Year. This is the, the, the very beginning of the liturgical year for us. But from my perspective, it's like I've snuck and I've seen the ending before the birth, you know. Um, but I don't know. It, it just sort of, it all, it all reflect. I've been reflecting a lot on Christmas lately because we were producing um, a magazine for work and the magazine's not set to come out until Christmas. So we had to sort of be in that mindset. And I thought to myself, like, what a gift to have to think about what I'm really preparing myself for. I'm, I'm actively working towards. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know, I guess the reading the book back to front thing, Bethlehem itself, that whole, the whole nativity is, is actually drenched with elements of the end, uh, before the resurrection, the earthly end of Christ's life. And how interesting is that? I mean, Bethlehem's name is cradle of bread. The gifts from the wise men are frankincense and myrrh, which are in fact, um, they're oils for the anointing of the dead. That's one of their commonly known uses, especially when they're together. So the end is in the beginning, and the beginning is in the end. Something I, I've I've felt, and and I realize that like we're we're focusing more on the season that mm-hmm. is about to to begin next week, as opposed to just sitting on the readings. But mm-hmm. something I, I've really thought about over the last, especially the last few days, is how this reading from the gospel, we're talking about Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was, you know, a man in his 30s, you know, and every, um, you know, painting, picture, however you want to call it, um, that we have of him that people say are accurate depictions of him, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, he looks like a, a, a fit man. 
And he did a lot of walking. Uh, so like you, you envision this very strong man. And, you know, I, I think of every time that we've had a baby and we're, we're holding them and their little feet, mm. you know, their soft skin, that they, they were so fragile. Mm-hmm. But this, this is the beginning. It's just the beginning. And just like life begins, he came here so that life would never end. You know, mm-hmm. like our, our skin will stay soft for the mm-hmm. rest of eternity kind of thing. You know, and on the cross, you know, he was, you know, bleeding and beaten and all this. And, you know, he, his human form, his body you know, was not necessarily what was, what, what was, it's what connected him to earth, but Christ himself is, is what kind of took us. Mm -hmm. He's the link, heaven and earth, earth to heaven. And he's, uh, yeah, this is the letter of Paul to the Colossians, right? He, he gives us the kingdom in that moment. You know, he comes down as this humble person and in this moment um, and through the resurrection makes us all kings. So I guess the big thing that we want to invite people to do um, in the season of the King of Kings and preparing for the King of Kings is something we had sort of thought about was inviting everyone to join us uh, and preparing the way of the Lord. Um, That phrase doesn't just belong in Lent, it belongs in Advent too. You know, we're preparing to go on our journey uh, to, you know, to Bethlehem with him. Um, And one of the ways that we would suggest is to go and if you haven't before or if you haven't in a long time because this is a thing that Catholics tend to be really crappy at um, go to the sacrament of reconciliation you know go to one of the times that they're at your church or make an appointment with your priest um, uh, and I promise you it'll be worthwhile well uh, it, it's it's one of those sacraments that uh, I, I always struggled with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I went to my, my first reconciliation, and I don't think I went again until confirmation. I managed to avoid it until I was in my 20s, so no judgment. I didn't even have a first reconciliation until I was in my 20s. <laughs> so I understand the fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. It's something I struggle with every single day, and but I can promise you that you celebrate the sacraments. You don't dwell in the sacraments. And there is so much joy, not just in heaven, Mm -hmm. but here when we reconcile our relationship to Christ. Mm -hmm. And when we share that love that, you know, we, we say, I'm giving it all to God, except all these things that I'm struggling and holding on to. Mm-hmm. That's not a real relationship. I mean, yes, you can have a good relationship, but when we give it all to God, when we let go, mm-hmm. I find that the joy just pours in. The grace to accept every little thing from Him is 
you know, it, and it doesn't have to be the laundry it, list. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a 20 minute podcast. What it what just it, hit on the main themes, you know, it's your time with the Lord. The, the priest that you would be confessing to is an instrument. Hmm. He is God's ears, God's hands and God's words. He is not father so-and-so. He is, he is representing our heavenly father. And when his hands are placed on your head, I promise you, I promise that the joy comes with the sacrament. Yeah, I think, and there's a huge power, um, because I know a lot of us, you know, we'll, we'll pray for mercy in our everyday prayer with our little things, you know, but there's something about saying it out loud, um, in a sacramental space that, you know, I didn't, you know, obviously by my comment that I hadn't received my first reconciliation until I was in my twenties, um, I obviously didn't understand that. So the first time I experienced it, it was incredible, um, and, and every time since, you know, I still struggle a little bit, but I go, but the witness we've had now three of our children receive their first reconciliation and second and third and fourth. Um, and it's been amazing to watch their smiles and then their encouragement to have us go because they wanted us to share the sacramental grace that they had experienced. And it's hard to say no to your kids. <laughs> um, but it's not just about that. Like it's a, a really tremendous experience. Uh, and I, I recommend, you know, try it. And if you love it, invite a friend to go, not at the same time as you, because that is weird, but invite them to go on their own and tell them about your experience, witness to them about your experience. Um, and, you know, I would love to see this Advent to see uh, the confessionals and the reconciliation rooms, uh, you know, jam packed with lines out the door. It is interesting. Uh, I grew up in the parish named after St. John Vianney. Mm. And uh, I didn't know it at the time. Uh, while I was in the seminary, I did some reading on him. And because I, I did not have a good relationship with the, sac- Sorry. the sacrament of reconciliation, um, he is best known for being a wonderful confessor. Mm. And the reason is, uh, when he was in the seminary and, you know, doing his studies, they, they didn't think that he was a very smart man. Mm. They allowed him to be ordained because they needed a priest. And then um, when he was ordained, the bishop just put him on the outskirts of the diocese and said, you know what, like, just sit in the confessional and, you know, absolve people of their sins. <laughs> but the thing is, people got to know that he was, he was an instrument of God's love. And people started coming from all over the diocese and then all over the country, France, mm-hmm. and then all over the world just to have this man listen to their, to, to their confessions. And he admitted that it wasn't him, that he was just an instrument. Mm. And I think if we all become instruments of that love, that it's going to be an orchestra that Mm. no one's going to be able to put a mute on. 
Well, I think that is a beautiful sentiment to end it on. Um, so if you do end up going for reconciliation for the first time in a long time, feel free to leave a comment or write us on Facebook or any way you'd like. Um, because we want to share your joy with us. And so we're praying for all of you that you will have the courage to reach out and uh, seek reconciliation to make way uh, for the Lord, make a straight path for the Lord. So um, we'll, we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us this evening. Uh, we ask that you watch over your children. We ask that you... You give us courage to reconcile our relationship with you, but also to, to help us understand that you will meet us where we are, that we don't have to be extraordinary for you to see extraordinary things, to use us to do extraordinary things. We ask for health and strength for everyone that we love and everyone that we hold dear. Help us to make straight the path so that we may see you, hear you, and be your instrument for others. We ask all this in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you next time.